0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning. Stays on his feet, airs it out down the field, it is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. Just Joe DeLeon for today's episode of this Quick Takes show where I'm going to be breaking down the Giants' narrow victory over the Washington football team by a score of twenty. 19. This thing was a nail biter. It came down to the absolute wire and it was nerve wracking throughout. In various parts, the Giants looked like, especially early on, like they were going to pull away, that they were going to establish good offensive consistency and some defensive dominance. But as we saw at halftime, they let Washington score a touchdown. They let them get back in it after a running into the kicker penalty on a punt and then also letting them get back into it after a Daniel Jones interception. So I'm going to end up talking about how the defense is a big reason why this this Giants team won today. They had a stellar performance, two key turnovers, and a huge stop on that two-point conversion. But you just have to acknowledge, I don't entirely know if the Giants would have won this football game had it not been for two bailout plays. The one being the fumble recovery by Tay Crowder. If he did not have, one, an open rushing lane to carry that thing all the way to the end zone and score points that the offense could not score. And also, had Kyle Allen not fumbled on that play, who knows if the Giants could have scored seven more points. Additionally, Ron Rivera choosing to go for the victory you can consider that, because they failed to convert it, a big mistake by Rivera. Had he converted, it would have been a risk, but we probably wouldn't be saying that it was a big mistake on his part. Had it not been for that, the Giants might not have won. It could have gone into overtime, and anything can really happen with a 20-20 ball game. So I'm still, though, taking this as a very good defensive performance. You have to acknowledge this game was altered by two plays. It came down to two plays. If it wasn't for those two things happening, we would not have had this outcome of 20-19. to So as we usually do, I'm going to take us through some positive takeaways and two negative ones that I have after the commercial break. The big first one for me is continuing to see success from Daniel Jones rushing the football. Those plays are huge. It opens up so much offensively. Now, the Giants were not very productive today offensively, but when you saw them run those plays, it opened things up with their rushing attack. Devronta Freeman had a decent performance, didn't get a ton of touches, 3.4 yards per carry, but he had a decent performance. What you saw, though, is on similar style plays where they were in shotgun. The defense, which Washington has a very aggressive defensive front, they had to second guess who had the football. Jones ended up having seven rushing attempts for 74 yards, most notably the huge long gain, if you recall, where the cameraman was faked out. That play was a tone setter during that drive. It helped push the offense forward into a position where they could put points on the board. Plays like that, they need to be added into the regular play calls. There needs to be maybe not specific designed Daniel Jones runs like quarterback power, but these zone read plays are showing continuous success. You're going to get a long gain, maybe not as long as the one we saw today, but you'll get a 20-yard gain in a lot of games. And you'll also create easier rushing lanes for whoever's taking the handoff, whether if it's Gallman or Devonta Freeman. So just from seeing that, we we know that if if the Giants don't use these read option plays or these design quarterback runs, they're not going to be able to establish the run as good as they hope. They did well against Dallas, but that was against a really bad defensive line. We saw this game a little bit more trouble, but once they started running these these plays that involved Daniel Jones as a runner, it alleviated some of that pressure. So that's something that I really would like to see more from Jason Garrett. Seven rushing attempts is already a lot for your quarterback. Ten would probably be pushing it, but just a few more here and there in different spots could really, really continue to add juice to the running game. One of the weirdest storylines at the very beginning of kickoff was that Andrew Thomas was not starting the game. The rookie left tackle, the former fourth overall pick, was not the starter for the Giants on their very first drive. And a lot of people were speculating and trying to figure that out. As I am recording this at 4.50 after the game, I don't even fully know what the reasoning behind it was. Now, by the time this publishes, there could be a a reason. From what I read, it was not performance-based. It was not because Andrew Thomas was struggling it probably was some type of a disciplinary reason. Because in the first quarter, he didn't play. Then he came back in. And then Pert came back in in the third quarter. And then I believe I saw Thomas in in the fourth quarter. So they were bouncing back and forth. That's not the positive takeaway for me. It's odd that they were doing that. And I'm curious to hear what the, the real reason was why. But seeing Matt Perton in there, there were a lot of positives for me. I'm not saying that he was perfect and I can't wait to go back and watch the tape, but what he was able to do against Chase Young and some of the other talented Redskins, sorry, Washington football team defensive linemen, he looked pretty good. Again, not perfect and I want to see specifically how he did, but I saw a guy that had some good drive off the line of scrimmage, was able to maintain good leverage, and was not easily beat by a team that has very good pass rushers. So that now for me is a clear indication that they need to get paired out there more. I don't know if it's as easy as saying bench Andrew Thomas, which I completely would not agree with, or benching Cam Fleming, and Fleming has outperformed our expectations, but maybe not next week, but down the line, if, if things are are still looking bleak for this Giants team and they are Clearly not going to make the playoffs in week 13. If we're in that road, which it's looking like right now, put Parrot in, even if it's just for a half every so often. Because he keeps showing positives. He keeps showing when you need to put him in there that he looks pretty good. Allow him to, to get out there, develop, get some reps. Because come next season, that's not going to be Cam Fleming. At least it should not be Cam Fleming. It needs to be Matt Parrot If he looks like he can do it, let him get out there and play. Let him get out there and get some reps. And maybe that was part of the reason. Maybe they they saw Parrot look good and they said, Colombo said to Joe Judge, "Hey, let's let's rotate him a little bit." Maybe that was part of it. Third key positive takeaway was turnovers continuing to be huge in the outcome of of these Giants games. This Giants defense has proven to have resilience. While they are not perfect, they are still highly effective in certain aspects of defense. They can create pressure. They had three sacks today. But most importantly, you could give up, your defense could give up 400 yards. But if you take the football away more times than you give it away, that gives you an advantage. So in this situation, if you have your defense that takes the football away, which they did twice and scored a touchdown off of one of them, that is that is huge. They took they can take the football away in a number of games they've shown us that they can do, and it. it's something that we did not have last year. We also did not have the sack production last year like we have right now. So those turnovers were big. The James Bradbury interception was a great play by him, poor throw by Kyle Kyle Allen. And then also again that Tay Crowder touchdown was a key determining factor in the outcome of this game. So we need to keep we need to keep seeing more of that from the defense. And that is going to be a big reason why the Giants win more games this year. In all of their victories, I'm willing to bet that they not only get after the quarterback well, but they also force turnovers well. In any games that they win. I'm willing to bet that is going to happen in any of their victories, any of their remaining victories in 2020. Last positive takeaway, not a huge one, and I want to go back and watch the tape so I can actually have more confidence in this statement. But seeing David Mayo back on the field after he was reactivated from his early injury during camp, a torn meniscus, I think that that helped the defense out, gave it a little bit of a boost I don't know how big that boost is yet because, again, I want to go back and watch the tape. You'll hear Chris and I talk about it on the upcoming upcoming film breakdown show. But Mayo, I think having him in there instead of Devontae Downs, nice little boost. Blake Martinez went down because he had an apparent injury, came back in eventually at a hell of a game. But David Mayo comes in and, and able to step in and, again, not perfect because he's a little rusty, but he's much better than Devonte downs if david mayo wasn't available and Devonte downs had to go out there i would be very scared i actually honestly didn't have any idea that they were going to be willing to put david mayo out there that quickly but they were willing to get him on the field and get him some decent reps so i think down the line we'll see a little bit more consistency from the linebacker group because david mayo is on the field we know that he is not a dominant highly productive linebacker but we do know that he is a, a a proficient one. He gets the job done. He's one that is going to be better than the backup quality players the Giants currently have, like Devontae Downs and Tay Crowder, who looks good in spots but should not be out there every single play. We've got two negative takeaways to talk about here next, folks. Before we get to them, though, we're going to take a really short commercial break. I think every single week, Chris and I have brought up in our Quick Takes show, how the red zone issues are continually hampering the Giants' ability to to score points and pull ahead in games. We keep seeing too many field goals, or in some cases, turnovers. I'm going to talk about the, the interception as my second negative takeaway, but the fact that the Giants... It's not bad that the Giants are kicking field goals. You're going to kick field goals in games. But if the Giants scored a touchdown on... Any of those field goal opportunities, instead of kicking those three, uh, those field goals and taking the three points, it wouldn't have come down to the wire like this game did. It would have been a higher scoring game for the Giants, and they would have been running out the clock instead of playing defense on a two point conversion. Giants ended up going 0 for 3 in the red zone. Their one offensive touchdown was from the 23 yard line, so that was a deeper pass. Other touchdown was the Tate Crowder one I've already addressed. There needs to be something done with the play calling. It, it is there are limited attempts to attack the attack the opposing defense and get into the end zone. A lot of the play calling is very vanilla. That's something that we hear a lot when talking about Jason Garrett from anyone. We've even said it, but anybody is going to say that the play calling has been vanilla. It's a lot of just simple handoffs that don't really result in any yardage. There was a quarterback, keeper, intended draw play by Daniel Jones where he fell, came up short right behind Nick Gates at around the one-yard line. Those are, are, are plays that are just not getting the job done. And if you're struggling to score in those situations, but you're able to get the ball all the way down to the field... It's not on the personnel. The interception's on Daniel Jones, but that is not on the personnel. That is on the play calling. If you're effective at getting the team up the field all the way down to the 20-yard line or even the 10-yard line, you need to finish. Jason Garrett needs to be much better when making those decisions on what he wants to call to score points. Because right now, it is just not getting the job done, and we keep seeing it keeping opposing teams in games when the Giants could possibly take a lead or pull away. This was a game where they could pull away. Last week was a game where they kicked too many field goals and they could have finished with a lead and and it would have been a completely different game against the Dallas Cowboys. Lastly, something that we still, again, that both these things are always repeated on this show is Daniel Jones killing the offense with an inability to handle simple throwaways. I understand that it is not easy to handle pressure from a guy like Chase Young. But if you feel any pressure, you cannot throw the ball into the back of the end zone where there are multiple Washington football team defensive backs. That's not an easy play to throw out of, but... In that spot, Daniel Jones needs to know he has to take a sack. If you feel someone is grabbing onto you, you don't need to make a play unless you can 100% inherently see somebody that you can dump the ball off to. Like if you saw Devonta Freeman or Deion Lewis you want to dump it off to him, that is completely fine. But if you're about to get hit, just take the sack. It was first and goal. They can possibly recover from that. But when you turn the ball over, that shifted the momentum into the direction of the Washington football team. They led their own drive. I believe they kicked a field goal and tied the game. The Giants' offense sputtered the next drive, and that was when they started moving down the field again. Washington started getting into scoring position, but eventually fumbled. It shifted from the Giants having the clear edge in the third quarter to then handing it right on over to Washington. So Daniel Jones has to stop making these mistakes. It is becoming harder and harder to support him and and make excuses for him when he makes dumb plays like that. He has to stop doing it. Because if he keeps doing it, we're going to have to have that conversation come week 17 if the Giants should, should draft another quarterback. That's not particularly outlandish to say because those are types of plays that if he can't fix it by almost over 20 games played as a starter, if he can't fix it by then, when is he going to fix it? Guys that turn the ball over, if it takes them that long to figure out how to fix it, we see it all the time, they don't typically fix it in their third or their fourth or their fifth years. I, I, I'm hoping it doesn't come down to that, and I'm hoping that... Jason Garrett can help him a little bit more and that he'll start to improve. But if he, again, if he continues to make those mistakes, we cannot, we cannot willingly say that he is the guaranteed quarterback for 2021. That's going to be it for this episode of the Quick Take Show. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Uh, be sure to follow me on social media at Joe DeLeon. Also, Uh, Follow Big Blue View at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to head to BigBlueView.com for more New York Giants news and analysis. And also head to Big Blue View's YouTube page where I produce wonderful weekly video content. Keeps you up to date on everything you need to know about the New York Giants.